everyone. Welcome back to Stand By Go, the theater podcast out of Asheville, North Carolina. My name is John O'Neill, and today we have a great treat for the Stand By Go podcast. I've mainly been focusing on local Western North Carolina theater folks, but for this episode, I am reaching out and north to someone from New York City and the Broadway world. My guest for this episode has been involved with shows in New York City for over two decades, being on the stage management team for more than 20 Broadway shows, including Finding Neverland, The Little Mermaid, and Wicked, just to name a few. He is also the founder of the Broadway Stage Manager Symposium. Please join me in welcoming stage manager Matt Stern. Hey! Hey Matt, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Thank you very much. How about you? Uh, uh, Same. Um, I am, you know, recording some podcasts, watching some awesome webinars um, on stage management, and uh, eating a lot of local food. Okay, cool. I'm cooking a lot and producing a bunch of webinars. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Which we will get into that um, in a little bit. So why don't we start off by just having you talk a little bit about yourself, um, not diving too deep into the theater stuff, because we will do that, but just... Uh, sure. Where you're from, where you are now, a little bit about you. Great. I like to call this a little origin story. So here we go. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. And when I was four, we were part of the great 70s Jewish migration west and moved out to L.A. So I grew up there and started doing theater in junior high school, uh, you know, Greece and Oklahoma and guys and dolls, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, got to high school and started, kept doing theater. That's what it was all about. Loved it. Was doing summer theater at a summer program at CSUN there. And then went off to college. I went to UC San Diego, uh, go Tritons, and um, had a great time there. And one of the wonderful things about that experience is that the theater department shared facilities with the La Jolla Playhouse. Mm-hmm. So I got the advantage of being able to work with a lot of really great seasoned professionals and learn from them while doing. Um, I started thinking I was going to be an actor. So like many of us, that's what you see. That's what you start doing. So I was performing all through, all through school. However, when I got to college, my first theater class, the professor said, who wants to work backstage on one of my shows? I need some help. I was like, okay, great. Um, then I was in a stage management class, and one of the graduates directors came by and said, hey, I need someone to work on my show. I said, okay. And I just dove in. I was so eager to just do anything in the theater, um, but I only knew acting. So I started learning. I was a stagehand. I was an electrician. Um, I worked at La Jolla. I was a follow spot op on the original Tommy. Um, I was an assistant lighting designer and all the stuff I was doing, gaining experience. So I started doing basically everything. My last show as a student, it was a dance product, a dance performance. I, uh, I performed in three numbers. I designed lights for one number, and I was on the fly rail for one number. Oh, wow. And it kind of summarizes my experience there. But uh, that very first time I stage managed, that director recommended me to a local production company for the Young Playwrights Project. So I stage managed that show, and I got paid 100 bucks, not, not per week, but for the whole gig. And I was thrilled. I was like, I'm getting paid to do theater. (laughs) This is amazing. And it's great. I must have done something right because they hired me back the next year and the next year promoted me. And then I'm the production supervisor. And then we're moving into the whole globe. There's Cassius Carter Theater there. And uh, just having a great time. I'm doing everything. And then I had my epiphany uh, while I was in college. That was my senior year. um, Doing a production of Puente Ovahuna where I'm on stage 
and one of the grad students is doing this big old speech and I'm farmer number two and he's, you know, orating about having a revolution and fighting back and I'm sitting there going, wow, he's really good. And I don't know what I'm doing here. And that was the moment where it's like, yes, performing was fun, but this is not the profession for me. So I really started focusing on the backstage work. And while I was an electrician at La Jolla, they came up to me and they said, hey, Matt, you want to be the assistant lighting designer on the show? It pays 300 bucks a week for three weeks of work. And you want to be a PA on the show? It pays 300 bucks a week for three months. I said, well, I'll be the PA. Thank you. And that kind of little practical uh, answer really shifted me away from being a lighting designer and into being a stage manager. And from that came the next thing and the next thing. And three years later, they offered me my equity card on a production of Randy Newman's Faust. And uh, they signed me to a contract the last two weeks of the run. And then I was like, well, hey, I guess this is what I do now. I gauge manager. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that took care of like my next three questions. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Which is great. Which is great. Um, and listening and, you know, hearing that you've been a performer uh, that you've helped with lights and electrics and fly rail and all that stuff. Do you think all of that has helped you in your profession as being a stage manager? Absolutely. The more you know, the more you know. As a stage manager, being a jack of all trades, so to speak, is really, really helpful because you have the vocabulary, you have some experience to be able to talk with, whether it's the lighting design team, whether it's the choreography and the dancers and the dance captain, whether it's with scenic automation. Um, your head carpenter, all these various tools that you have in the education, those, those hard skills that you know are really, really helpful tools. And the great thing about the hard skills is you can learn them anytime. Mm-hmm. It's not like if you've never done it before, yeah, that ship's kind of sailed. It's like, no, there's, there's lots of great ways to do that. And in a, in a way, that's one of the things about the webinars we've been doing, um, the SM Tech Fridays, to take this time. We have so much, we have time now so that's a great way to use that to bone up on those hard skills. What don't I know? What can I look up? I mean, I've learned from my kids, YouTube is the place where you learn everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So you want to learn something? Go on YouTube. It's probably there. Yeah, absolutely. They're not wrong there. Um, <laughs> how is it working at La Jolla? La Jolla was great. I loved my experience there. We used to have a little bit of a joke that said, if you had a New York address, you can come and work in San Diego. <laughs> it was kind of funny. <laughs> Because they brought so much rich talent from New York. Um, I mean, I worked with Paul Giamatti out there. I worked with Malcolm Jamal Warner, Loretta Devine. I mean, just these awesome people. I was a PA on How to Succeed with Matthew Broderick, Megan Mullally. You know, it was really awesome. And the stage managers I met there really helped me immensely when I got to New York. I've always said that you know, one good job will get you two more. You just mm-hmm. don't know when. Yeah, And my experience with Karen Carpenter was exactly that. She was the brilliant stage manager, or she is, was. Now she's a director, so let's clarify. Um, but uh, she was the stage manager of the Midsummer Night's Dream I did at La Jolla as a PA. And I, again, I must have done something right. She liked me enough when I moved to New York. Uh, my first Broadway show was a, was a flash in the pan. It opened and closed six performances later. She recommended me to a friend of hers at the Martha Graham Dance Company where they were looking for a stage manager. And so I got that job. I got to take the Martha Graham Dance Company to Europe for three weeks. It was thrilling. Oh, wow. To work on some of those dances was just like, ah, really, really, especially coming up as a performer and knowing a bit about Martha Graham and the work and how 
was was that was awesome. Then you jump cut ahead a couple more years, and Karen calls me, "Hey Matt, what you doing? I'm on the Les Mis tour. My second assistant just left. I need a new one. What are you doing?" I was like, uh, "Coming to work for you." <laughs> so uh, it was great. She's like, "Yes, you have to go. You have to go uh, to New York. Make to interview with uh, you know the production supervisor and the GM, and then." come out on the road. Well, because I was in Boston at the time, subbing on Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird to say I was in Boston subbing on Chicago. So, anyway, um, so I actually bought a $400 plane ticket to fly from Boston back to New York City, do my interview, and then fly back for rehearsal that afternoon. Wow. <laughs> so, And that is literally the best single investment of my life, and maybe anyone's life if you do the math. I mean, that $400 plane ticket equaled two years, six months, and a week on tour. And I came back to New York and was able to buy an apartment on the Upper West Side. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, like, like yeah. yeah. So some people say you have, to, you have to spend money to make money. You do. And that you do. way. You just have to spend it the, in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we get too much further in, into our interview, one thing that, you know, us theater folks do especially stage managers is we like to use a lot of acronyms for everything and i do have some people who listen to this who aren't very who haven't done a lot of theater and don't know a lot of the, the backstage acronyms so uh, if you can uh the first one um if you can tell us what a pa is like what it means and what they do um as well as a psm because i actually didn't know what a psm was until college because i haven't worked in anything you know, much bigger that had like the, like the tier system. Can, so can you go into a little bit about what a PA is and kind of what the jobs for PA, SM, ASM, PSM are? Sure. Um, in the commercial theater, the, the typical lingo um, is the PSM, the SM, the ASM, and the PA. And what that breaks down into tiers, the, the head stage manager, the chief stage manager is the production stage manager. So therefore the acronym PSM, production stage manager. Um, in a regional level or in other, in other places, that would typically just be the stage manager. Mm-hmm. When you think of the stage manager with a capital T, mm-hmm. that, that's your PSM on a Broadway show. Now, working down the team, the next person would be the stage manager, the SM. Also sometimes referred to as the first assistant if there are others. The way the production contract, which is what uh, Actors' Equities Agreement with the, the, the league is for Broadway shows, you have to have a minimum of two stage managers on every play. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you would just have a PSM and an SM. But when you get to a musical, you have to have a minimum of three. So you'd have the PSM, the first SM, that's the stage manager. Then you'd have an ASM, an assistant stage manager. Mm-hmm. And everyone after that that you add is also an assistant stage manager. Okay. For example, when I did Spider-Man, we had seven stage managers on the show so it was a psm an sm and five asms so a lot of people originally that that show when it was originally in production i joined later in the run um originally it had two psms which is a very unique kind of way that they they set it up but there were a lot of unique things about that about that show yeah Um, but Uh, the, the, the last the last piece you asked about was the pa which is the production assistant the production assistant is that position is not under any sort of union jurisdiction. So you may or may not be actors' equity. It doesn't matter because it's not under equity's jurisdiction. 
And that production assistant is the other part of the stage management team. So you'd work down PSM, SM, ASM, PA. And uh, who is the one or the group of people who decides how many ASMs are needed for a show or how many PAs are for a show? That'll start out with the GM and the budget process. Mm-hmm. And on a, a larger show, they would, it would behoove them to actually budget more staff members to, to help with that. But uh, sometimes the GMs try to keep their budgets lean and mean because that's the economic and the fiscally responsible things to do. Mm-hmm. And then the PSM would be the one to advocate to say, we need another ASM on this show. Yeah, no, to do this show right, we, can, we really need four PAs to do the show. Yeah. Um, so that's where the PSM would have to advocate for that. And actually one of the new additions in the most recent production contract was the creation of a rehearsal a, a rehearsal stage manager contract. Okay. So a, a show could, could run itself with three stage managers, but throughout rehearsals, there's a fourth to help with all the things that go into putting on a big musical. But then by the time the show opens, they're able to streamline those things. They're able to figure out all the different nuances and the queuing and everything is up and running. So now you don't need to keep that person. So that person can go away, become a sub or move on to something else. Right. And are PAs typically, um, are they just there for the rehearsal process? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The PAs, once you get to opening night and, Sometimes before I've done shows where they try to get, they try to cut the PA sooner. Like we're in previews. Do you, do you really need all these PAs still? Yeah. Cause by then you're not necessarily, you know, running off a bazillion script changes every day. You're not necessarily, you're not setting up coffee and hospitality every day. Now that, that goes away once you leave the rehearsal hall. Um, there's less of that kind of busy work to be done. So it's possible to try to, streamline that but we love to keep them till opening night because there are a lot of things to do to archive the show and to make sure that we have all the support systems because you never know yeah until the show's open you really don't don't have those answers and is that is the pa uh position is that where most like new york broadway stage managers got their start was that being a pa there's kind of two routes Mm -hmm. i i I call it the inside up and the outside in Mm mm-hmm what I did was kind of the outside in. I did a show in San Diego at the Globe that then moved to New York. So I moved. I came from outside the city, moved in with the show. Then there's the inside up, which is coming up as a PA, through becoming a sub, which is what most PAs hope to be. You pay your dues. You do a great job. You make sure the pencils are all really sharpened. That's mm-hmm. my homage to Beverly Jenkins. Um, and then you can get the opportunity to be a sub on the show. Then you're a sub, you prove yourself, you're able to do that really well. Then on the next show, or, there, or an opening happening happens and someone leaves the show, then you get to become the ASM. Right. And then you build up their reputation, and then you kind of work your way up the chain. Very cool. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. It just helps me to taking these notes, be like, yeah. this is what I need to do if and when I ever move up to New York. Yeah, those are the two typical ways it usually happens you know you could be off broadway doing a production like rent or avenue q and then it moves you know moves uptown to broadway so that's you know again outside in or inside out very nice um so yeah so i just want to move on to like your time as a stage manager and in new york um so what is your favorite part of being a stage manager 
Like I know right. a lot of stage readers have like that one or two of their favorite parts. Like mine is calling a show. I love calling a show, but um, I know that everybody has differences. So what are, what are some of yours? Well, my favorite part of the experience of being a stage manager is all the people. Okay. Just yeah. getting to work on the people, getting to interact with everyone, building those relationships, finding the solutions to figure out their needs. Um, you know, we stage managers, uh, this my new philosophy recently, we're like professional enablers. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to enable and to create um, whatever vision it is that we're having. Like, what do you need? I can make that happen. I can make that happen. And I, I really love all the great people, the creativity, the energy. Um, funny, they're smart. It, it, I love being in that process, whether it's in the rehearsal hall or in the theater. That, that to me doesn't matter so much, but the people are what I love the best. Yeah, that's great. It, it is amazing all the different all the different types of people that you get to meet from the actors, designers, people who work in the front office, different things like that. Um, So can you just tell me some of your like favorite times, whether it was a a moment that kind of sticks out in your head as to being like, uh, whether it was opening a certain show or getting to work with a certain person um, over your long career? Well, yeah. I mean, there's riffing right off that. What really jumps out to me is when I was doing uh, Patti LuPone and Amanda Patinkin's concert on Broadway. After we've been doing it for years, just running around on these little runouts to random cities all over the country, just calling the show and just looking out there and going, wait a second. Like, these, these are the people, the reason that kind of got into the business in the first place. Like, I remember, you know, popping in the cassette of Evita, you know, driving from San Diego back home on, on the weekend. You know, I remember watching Sunday in the Park with George, you know, that PBS broadcast that we love so much. Like, you're like, those are the people and I'm like, I'm here with them. And just taking that moment and just going, just appreciating it beyond it was like, this is my job. It's what I do. It's great. I'm having a good time. But then just taking, stepping back out of myself for that moment was like, wow, this is really, really cool. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, yeah, it's really cool to think about like stepping back and being able to see those people that you grew up with. Um, but how was it like interacting with them being their stage manager, um, and working with other, you know, big stars like that. And that's the flip side of what I was just talking about, because I don't take that in the day to day interaction. It's like they're, they're people. My job is to take care of them. They're part of, they're part of, they're my company. And what I've loved about my experience, whether it's Mandy or Patty or John Lithgow or Billy Crystal, any of those one-man shows that I've done with these big celebrities, is, is that I don't have to deal with an ensemble. <laughs> I don't have to balance their needs with everyone else's. So the job mm-hmm. becomes really, really clear. Um, and I won't say easy, but I'll say it's simple. What do they need? Take care of it. Think, think about what you know about them. Think about what they've asked you to do and make sure that it's done. You know, my, one of my jobs as the ASM on Billy Crystal's one-man show, 700 Sundays on that tour, was setting up his gym. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, what? Really? Why are you doing? That's what needed to get done. And it needed to be set up a certain way so he could do the things he needed to do to do his job when he got to the stage. So whatever those things are. And so it really is, my time with them was very pleasant, very professional, uh, very respectful. And I didn't try to, you know, have a like oh my god you're amazing you know you can't you can't like fanboy it or anything it's just you know they are amazing 
because that's just just who they are. They're people, and they just treat them, try to treat them like people, and do your job. Right. Yeah, yeah that's very important. Um, and you know, in thinking of that, is I, I feel like me personally, it would probably take some time to get to that over, like over, like the initial. Oh my goodness! You know, these are celebrities I look up to. Did it take you any time to get to that point of being able to to step back and say they are my company? I am their stage manager. It it takes. I think you want to try to have that happen as much before you get into the rehearsal hall, like before mm. you're with them. So. Yeah. Have the freak out, have the awesome part, you know, talk with your friends, your family, go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this, this is so amazing. <laughs> um, but, then, but then it's like, go in there, you're there, you've been hired to do the job because you can't. Yeah. They want you to do the job. So then you come in and, you do, and it takes a little bit of time to get a rapport, but that's like with anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I'm probably not as, not as jokey and I'm not as, maybe not as intimate you know, because, you know, you don't necessarily want to get into all their business because, you know, it's, they're usually, you know, they, they can be quite guarded sometimes with all the mm-hmm. stuff they're dealing with, you, you know, you have no idea all the stuff that's going on, you know, in their lives as well. So, you know, you sometimes have to take the extra step, you know, like often with Patty, Mandy, Billy, even when I was doing uh, Grease with Lucy Lawless, mm-hmm. that happened in like, that was uh, mid nineties when she was, she was the fashizzle, you know? Mm-hmm. The Xena warrior princess was the thing. Like we had to walk her to her car every night after the show because it was so many fans there. So it was me and there was another security guard guy, a big dude with a gun, you know, hiding, you know, in his yeah. own, you know. And so that that's an extra thing. Like you wouldn't assume that that was your job to make sure that your cast member got into their car at the end of the night. But you do that because that's what it needs to take. You want, you know, especially when that they want to feel taken care of. And so you do, you do whatever it is that needs to get done. It's actually, um, I teach at SUNY Purchase and one of the things I do at my, my first day of class is I talk about all the different jobs of a stage manager. Mm-hmm. And it, it's everything from doctor, nurse, accountant, HR representative, doorstop, policeman, all the stuff. I need, to, I need to add security guard to that. <laughs> it's just, I just realized it's not on there. Yeah. Well, yes, I've done that um, as a stage manager or ASM. We're in, um, we are in downtown Asheville, which is, you know, a a pretty safe place, but it's still a downtown area of a city. And, you know, I've walked my number of people to their cars after rehearsals or after shows are done too. Yeah. Um, God bless Kathleen Freeman. We were doing the full Monty together when she started falling ill. There were a few nights when I walked her back to her apartment. Mm-hmm. it was like we need to make sure she gets home okay it's like i will i will walk her back to her apartment <laughs> yeah and i think i think casts um recognize you know, for the most part recognize those extra steps that stage manager managers are take and things like that and i think they they appreciate that and they start trusting us a little bit more if they haven't already yeah. and for anyone out there who is not a stage manager that is the best thing you can do for your stage manager is show them that you appreciate them. Oh, no. right? just, just the saying, thank you. I appreciate you. It makes, it makes our world. Like, so it's like, Oh, they like me. They really like me. <laughs> you know, I totally feel the pressure, but it's just, it's a genuinely feel appreciated because yeah. we don't, you don't get the applause. You don't get the kudos. You don't get any of that stuff, but that little, that little attaboy, that little pat in the back, the little yeah. thank you goes along. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, you mentioned that, you know, your first day of, of the class that you teach, you, you put all the jobs that a stage manager um, is. Um, and within those jobs there, you know, we have tons and tons of skills that we, that we use to make everything happen. Uh, what are some of the most important skills that you think um, a stage manager should have? I was once asked this by a young uh, stage management student for having uh, dinner between shows at the Edison Diner. God bless, it's gone now. Um, she said, what quality, do you, the same question, what kind of thing is most important? And um, it, for me, it was compassion. Mm-hmm. I think compassion, empathy, emotional intelligence, those type of those type of skills are really hard to cultivate per se, but they can and should be. And everything that you do as a stage manager flows from, from that skill set. Now we talked earlier about taking care of people. What do they need? Anticipating their needs. That all comes from a certain amount that those feelings of seeing things from their point of view, from feeling compassion and empathy for the other person. And then so you have the ability then to put that other person and their needs ahead of yours. You know, it's never about the stage manager. It's never about you. It literally is about everything else. You know, you mm-hmm. could be in tech, you know, hold for sound, hold for lights, hold for senior, hold for the director, hold for this. No one ever says, oh, we're holding for stage management. The <laughs> yeah. second you say that, everyone's like, what? <laughs> we're holding for... Why would we hold for stage, man? What? That makes no sense. Like, no, you, you can't. So when I'm backstage as an ASM, I'm like, we keep those wheels churning. Whatever they need next, we're ready for it. We're ready for it because we never want to say, no, we're not ready. We're stopping for us. Yeah. So and all that, in order to do all that, to dig deep, your bucket has to be pretty full. You have, you have to be able to give to others almost in an, a limitless way. Yeah. So that, that, that's where that, that attaboy, that thank you from someone else, that fills our buckets back up. I'm yeah. If you don't, if you don't know, there's a great kids book about about filling your bucket, which is it's like such a great metaphor. Um, so so you you're able to use that everything that's in your bucket if you have that empathy, that emotional intelligence, that compassion for other people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's 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 so great because you know sometimes when you ask you know stage managers like what are important skills to have and you know they're like organization and communication and things like that and while those are very very important i think those do all come out of compassion you can always bring it back to that word everything else that's an amazing answer um so let's go ahead and dive into uh the broad the broadway stage manager symposium that is how you and I met. Um, I think it was two summers ago. Yeah. Um, I was I was sitting at work one day, about six months before it, um, and I don't even know what I Googled, but I was like, I think I want to go to New York this summer. And I looked up, uh, it came up, Broadway Stage Manager Symposium. I looked at it. It looked awesome. The price looked awesome for a, a two-day symposium in New York City. Um, and I just went ahead and registered for it b- before getting tickets to New York, to like to wow. go up to New York or anything like that. Um, and you know, to be honest, I would be honest with you. Uh, when I saw Please. the price, when I saw the price, I was like, what, what kind of like symposium is going to be this cheap? <laughs> like, are these going to be all retired stage managers who just want to get out of their apartment or anything like that? I just have to tell you, I won't be raising the prices just because John said that. So don't <laughs> worry. 
But when I got up there, I was, I sat down for my first, for the first breakout session and it had um, the, the PSM for great comet on the very first session. And I went, Oh wow, this is a top notch symposium for the low price. And I was blown away the entire two days that we were there. Um, and uh, like I was telling you before we got started, I tell all my, all the stage managers at UNCA, I was like, go to the symposium. Um, uh, so why don't you tell us why you started it, when you started it, um, kind of what your goals were for it. Cool. Sure. It'd be my pleasure. Um, I'll warn you, I can talk about it forever. So if you feel free to <laughs> jump in and be like, that was great. <laughs> Hold on. Um, in short, the Broadway Stage Management Symposium is a two-day conference all about stage management. It's built by stage managers for stage managers because we have nothing else. Once you graduate from school, literally, there are no avenues for professional development out there. There are very, very few and very far between, but there's a ton of things for actors, designers, directors. There's lots of places to go to connect, to focus on your art and craft. But as a stage manager, what can I do to help develop my own art craft? So much of what we do is ephemeral. It happens in the space. You know, I can hold up paperwork, but that's not really what I do. What I do is communicate information. I facilitate processes. That's like, what? That sounds very weird. How do I, how do I go and practice that? Well, we talk about it. You know, we have panels on all sorts of different topics about the art and craft of stage management throughout this two-day conference. So we go and we just focus on us. I think about it like the world's largest stage management office. We literally go inside. We shut the doors. We can laugh. We can cry. You can ask any question you want. It's a place of no judgments. Because I truly believe that unless you've been a stage manager, unless you've gone through that gauntlet, of production as a stage manager, you don't really know what it's like. You can appreciate the work we do. You can have an understanding of what we do, but you don't really know. Um, in, in a way, it, it's like, you know, it's like being, being a veteran. It's like, um, unless you've been in battle, you don't know what being in battle is like. I have no idea what it's like. I can think, I can conjecture, I can watch a movie, but I don't really know. So when we all get together in a room, it's like this amazing, um, amazing pot of so many people who just like are dying to talk with other stage managers about what they do and ask questions and learn and grow and connect. Um, so the panels want to run a wide variety of soft skills and hard skills. We've had great sessions about emotional intelligence, servant leadership, maintaining morale, um, the Tao of stage managing. I mean, really about philosophical approach. How do I do my job? Why do I do my job? Uh, which are, is a really great exploration of, of those topics. Then we've had some harder skills. We have sessions about automation and flying and show stopping. <laughs> um, every year there's a session about calling uh, some big old musical. Um, we actually did Great Comet uh, last year with some of the other stage managers from that show. We did Spider-Man in the past. This year we're going to do Moulin Rouge. So these, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, these big shows, they're complicated sequences. And so understanding how the calling breaks down, why it does. So that's always, there's always a session uh, on that topic. So we investigate the hard skills, the soft skills, and then we come together. You know, often as a stage manager, you're kind of isolated and alone. You might be the only stage manager on the show. So where do you go? Who do you talk to? 
you know, even in a cast of 30 or 40, you might have, you know, you have one or two assistants, you know, and we can, you can be quite insular that way. And like we know about diversity, unless you bring in other ideas, you're, you're not really growing, <laughs> expanding your options and your toolbox. So everyone comes together. And this was a big, amazing thing for me. From the very first year in 2015, we had people coming from Australia and Argentina. And I was just like, what? Wow. So this international interest in what we're doing. So it goes beyond just what we do in the, in the United States and in our country in theater. But stage managers around the world are all hungry for this experience of being able to come together as a community. So we've had people um, oh, wow. coming from uh, Nigeria. Of course, our neighbors up in Canada and Mexico um, Argentina, Bolivia, Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong. This year, I'm so oh, excited. Wow. We have state mayors coming from India and is the United Arab Emirates. Isn't there not a theater in Antarctica? Like, whoa, this is awesome. Um, so the, the probably stage management symposium will have been, uh, will have had people come from six out of the seven continents. It's pretty amazing. New Zealand is coming. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually having this conversation on yeah. our alumni town hall Zoom the other night. There's one stage manager that someone knew who does cruises, cruise ship work down into Antarctica. And I was like, he has to get a cruise and be there on May 30th and 31st. <laughs> we, we need that. We need that. That was so bad. That would just be amazing. Um, so that's kind, of, that's kind of in a nutshell, kind of in a nutshell, that's a big nut, right? Of what it is. It's yeah. professional development, it's networking, it's information. The one of the catchphrases I can use we, we learn, we grow, we connect, and we inspire. Like you get done with the weekend and you're just like, I love what we do. You know, it really it it, it, it fills your bucket it, to know other people have similar experiences, similar challenges, learning how to solve it um, in different ways. And in addition to all that, we have our own little expo. So if you've ever been to USITT or SETC or any of those things, this is one that's built just for stage managers. So there's a variety of companies, you know, 10, 12, whatever, um, who have products and services for stage managers. Broadway Cares is always there, the Stage Managers Association. I'm a proud board member. Um, and um, no, course, that's, I, know, I had some, I had some questions pop up in my head whether whether as we talked about it, um, or, or, you know, and some statements I can definitely space. see. Um, have so you, you ever had any, have you had anybody come to all of them? So any participants have been to all of them? Uh, should, should I continue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, a, a qualified yes on that one. Um, uh, Grant from Shreveport, Louisiana, he missed one year. But then there's a handful of others who, after the first two or three years, they started working the symposium. Well, I so went, they my, I went as an my first year, which year, I now found that would be every year. three I'm, summers I'm ago. Looking at, uh, I'm looking at you, um, Abby. Because the last two summers, Asia. I've been actually working yeah, a show that happens um, but, uh, during that time, of course, my um, which kind oh. of um, goes into my next question is, um, we can't travel right now, um, especially to New York City. So uh, what are you all doing this year for the symposium that's, uh, that is going to allow us to be able to get together?
Mm. Well, I'm very, very excited about it because when we this whole COVID thing started developing, like if it, if we have to be closed, what are we going to do? So I started postulating a few ideas, you know, Zooming and what might be available because we've done webinars. So we've done that and people have experienced it virtually. But we needed to kick it up a notch. You, you, you didn't get the full, the full essence of it. And our alumni community is so amazing. One of our alums, Caitlin, called me and said, hey, Matt, if you're thinking about taking it all online, I work for a company, the 180 Group, the best, um, and we're working on doing just that. And we want to talk to you. The symposium was so special to me when I was there. I want to give back. I want to try to make it happen and make it the same, if not better. I was like, that sounds great. It's like, I get a little bit clamped just thinking about it because yeah. we're putting so much time and effort, this big event company and taking this very niche little, you know, <laughs> little conference and putting it online in a brand new platform. So it's not Zoom. It's not Webinar Jam. I told Caitlin the other day, we need to come up with a, a name for it. You know, something like, what is the thing called? It's like, well, we've just been calling it a virtual experience. Like, all right. So it's a virtual experience where we'll, we will be able to do all the things we would normally do when we come together. We'll have all sorts of networking opportunities and breakout rooms, um, <laughs> yeah. one-on-one sessions where you can just randomly go, hey, I want to meet someone new. Boom. You can go to the expo. Even this was one of the big the big important things for me that moment when the session is over and you'll remember this where everyone just sort of bum rushes the speakers and they just, they just want to grab those a few more minutes like face to face with them and everyone is so generous all the speakers that come all the broadway stage manager community is amazing I, as i mentioned before just stage managers in general the givers these people are at the top of their craft and they are so kind and generous to come and share what they know um and they hang out they hang out for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. There was actually yeah, one session. Um, this may have been the year you yeah. were at when uh, the, uh, the stage, they were having such a great time. And everyone yeah. is, it was Thomas, Greg, Johnny. And um, I just was like, we're going to start the next session late. Everyone's having a great time. This 15 minute break just became a 30 minute break. So everyone enjoy <laughs> it. It's, it's just working. And to be, to be able to mm-hmm. roll with that was wonderful. So I was like, okay, we need to recreate that. So we've even found a way to do that. So when a session is over, if you want to go talk to one of the speakers, you're just going to click a button and say, I, I want to go talk to Narda. And, it's like, yeah. and now you're in a room with Narda and 5, 10, 20 other people just having that small little chat. And you can either be listening because you know, some people aren't going to be speaking up or she's answering someone else's question. And then when they finish, then you ask, oh, no, no, I have a question over here. Then you ask your question. And if you want, like, okay, that's great, but I don't need to hang out here. I had my moment. There are other people around. I'm going to go check out the expo. Click. Oh, look, here's the expo. Which different, which place do I want to look at? I click over. Oh, let's go. Let's go click there. I'm going to go check out call queue and find out if this is calling thing. Okay, great. You call that. And then there's Gail. Hey, how you doing? You want what do you, you have any questions? Have you seen the product before? Did you see the SM Tech Friday we did? What do you want to know? I can give you a demo. All this stuff. You want to watch a video we've got? Cool. Like, okay, great. Then all of a sudden, your alert pops up. Hey, next session starts in two minutes. Okay, great. Let me go back to the, the main stage. Click, and now I'm here. And the, and then the panelists come up. The introduction happens. Yeah. They do all sorts of like yeah. video well, things. You know, and, and listening to you um, explain what we're so going to do. So they found a way to and, recreate um, this 
this meeting, this conference and we have. And thinking back to my experience, all, with all the it functionality. Sounds like it's going to be the, the exactly the same. The only difference is I don't get free pastries. So, um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goods. Yeah. I mean, the coffee is not that big a deal for me because I'm one of those weird theater people that don't that doesn't drink coffee. You too. Me too. I don't. I just got started drinking hot tea. Oh. Yeah. Like I was, I you know, I'm from I'm from North Carolina, so like the only I used to say the only way I like my tea is sweet. Um, but I had a coworker, Alessandra, um, who she drank tea all the time, and she kind of got me hooked on it. So now I even have my own little tea area in my. In my, nice. uh, oh, it's like a fancy room. hotel back there. Yeah, so we got <laughs> some green teas, some chai teas. She she got a Fulbright to uh, to teach in Mexico for a year, and uh, she's like, I don't need any of this tea, so she just gave it to me out of my That's office. Nice. Um, and my favorite mug, which is my panda mug, which my friend got me when she went to New York City. Cool. So this is my this is my favorite mug. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it sounds like it's an it's an amazing experience. Um, so I actually registered for it finally um two days ago um i, I like I, I always knew i was like yeah i'm probably gonna do it especially once they you know when they canceled it when you all canceled it and then explained the way you're gonna do it um i was like well i have nothing else to do those two days yeah. well um, and you did talk about how amazed how low you thought the price was when you came for real oh absolutely it, it is even lower now i mean yeah. we know there's a pandemic going on everyone's in crisis not everyone. A lot of people are in crisis. You know, yeah. make a bigger deal. It's a big deal. Um, so we wanted to try to find a way to, you know, still meet costs and create something great for everyone, but to make it even more reachable. So the with the alumni rate, which is also the same as the group rate, like that's it's like the bottom rate that is offered to everyone now. Wow. So if, if you go to the website broadwaysymposium.com, the code webinar twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. takes a hundred bucks off it. So that's, you know, from the original price, it's like a third off. So the original, the webinar here, like it's, it's down to it's, it's 2020 code. It'll take a hundred dollars off to try to make it more palatable. And eat, there's also the other option is the payment plan. Yeah. So with the payment plan, if you sign up with that code, you don't even make a first payment. Yep. The first payment in essence is gone away. So you don't have to worry about that for another month. So yeah, which is true because really that's what I did. Oh yeah. yeah, and really the uh, the reason why I signed up for it the first year was it was January, and which meant that there was an early bird special, which was cheaper, and I didn't have to pay for it all up front. I could pay for it over the next four months, and so it made it it made it a no brainer to me to go then. And now, especially you know, I just sit in my sit in my uh my room and, and watch all these uh i was i was ready to sign up when all i thought it was going to be was watching panelists on zoom and then you started explaining no we, you'll be able to talk to us in breakout rooms and go to the expo and all that stuff so i think if if you any of my friends or any of my listeners if you are even thinking about stage management they're like you haven't even made the the jump to it but you're thinking about it take it uh watch it experience it it is an amazing, amazing symposium by the people at the top of our field now. Um, and uh, which I think being able to talk to people at, at that time, you know, I was meeting Matty DiCarlo, who I got to shadow when he was doing um, 
a play that goes wrong. And then, yeah, just being able to, to meet the PSM for a great comment. Um, and there was a panel that year that just happened to have the entire stage management team from Little Women. Not Little Women, sorry. That's the show I'm doing right now. The Little <laughs> Mermaid. Um, and you all were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to call the sequence at the end of the first act. So you just played, you just played the video. And then the four of you sat around your old cue sheet that you passed out to us. Um, and you just called the, sh- called the end of the show or the end of the first act right there in front of yeah. us. Um, that's, I, that's one of the hardest sequences I've ever had to do. Yeah. That sequence is there's so many switches, variety of things going on. It's a, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. And, and no, to be honest, again, when I went to um, the symposium, I had only done at that point, I have to think back in my timeline. I did a show at Bush gardens, which was crazy. Um, the way that that came out and I had stage managed a show in, in college. So I, I didn't have much experience at all, but I knew I really enjoyed it. So when I walked in there, I felt so intimidated. I was like, I don't belong here. And, but the, like with how warm you are and everybody else and all of the stage managers and from around the world and the, the Broadway stage managers, it's just, um, it let me know, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I don't have much experience, but I, I Everybody belongs. This. We get people from high school all the yeah. way to people who actually teach in college. Yeah. So, and, and everything in between. We've had yeah. the Cirque du Soleil folks, the cruise ship folks who are like, hey, I have a career. I'm doing great. But I want to learn what they're doing over on Broadway, what's going on there, and, yeah. and continue to grow and be better. Yeah. And then early career, mid-career students. It's, it's amazing the gamut of people that come. It's so much fun. And do you have a, um, a special for, for educators or people who are in college for the symposium for this year? Um, I've actually been asked about that a couple of times about student rates, but because of the webinar 2020 rate, yeah. that's better than the student discounts we had. That's better than anything else. Okay. So we can only do one kind of rate code at a time. Yeah. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of, it makes it quick and easy. Right. Which is great. It's, um, we have been running a special for educators who sign up that will open up the archives, the 2018 and 2019 archives um, from our previous webinars so that you can use it as a teaching tool. Because I know, especially as an educator, it's been challenging to do all the Zoom teaching. Yeah. So that was one thing that we have done for educators who, who sign up to try to support that. Yeah. And uh, just because I know we've talked about it a couple of times and I want to make sure everybody who's listening understands, can you go into just a little bit about what these SM Tech Fridays are? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've mentioned it a few times. When everything got shut down, we were like, okay, what, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? Well, we're going to try to figure a way to do the symposium, but how do, we, how do we stay connected? How can we serve our community, um, both as the producer of the symposium and as a board member of the SMA and just as a freelance stage manager? You're like, what's going to happen? So I was thinking, well, we have time. What are we going to do? Well, this is a great time to work on our hard skills because we can't work on our soft skills. Mm-hmm. Soft skills you can't do in a vacuum. That requires personal interaction. Um, there are a lot of books that talk about it, but you still have to actually do them, right, to really, to really make it part of who you are. But hard skills, that's great. And I was kind of remembering uh, Thomas Rechtenwald once uh, put up an Instagram post years ago, sitting on the beach in the Caribbean on his vacation, and that he wrote, yeah, working on FileMaker for my next show. So I was like, <laughs> like, when you have time, we, 
we never have time to learn these great tools that are out there to help us because you're always in production. And like I said earlier, when you're in tech, you can't wait on the stage manager. So if you're going to be using stage right, you better know how it works before you get in rehearsal. Right? If you're going to be using Q to Q, you better know it before you get into tech. You know, so here we are. I was like, well, wait a second. We have these great tech partners. We have people we've been working with for years, and everybody's at home, and nobody's on a show. We should just do that. We should. Ex and I was like, it was like a big old light bulb. It's like we should do every week. We will sit down and we'll do we'll, and we'll do a whole thing about one person's product and talk about how it can support and help stage managers. So I went to um, one of our partners, Jason, with uh, Empty Space virtual call board i was like you said you've been looking for another avenue to try to get in touch with people what do you think about this he's like i'm in i'm in i was like, okay great so we're gonna do it so then excuse me i knew um i knew the sma was working on some programming and you're the stage manager was working on a whole bunch of stuff so i i actually called together i said hey guys we should have a meeting think, think about all the stuff that we're planning usitt was about to roll out their stuff so that we can layer this in in a thoughtful way mm -hmm. so that we don't have five things on one day mm -hmm. and nothing else for the rest of the week for stage managers. So we sat down all on, on Zoom and uh, I made a Google calendar. And it's like, all right, well, USIT is doing their things here. SMA is trying to do these things here. Well, why you're the stage manager has been doing these things. So, okay, look, there's a little hole there on Friday. Friday, Friday at four. There's a Friday. I was like, <laughs> Friday sounds good. So then timing-wise, I'm like, I don't want to go too early. Don't want to go too late. I was like, okay, four o'clock. Sounds good. Fridays at four. So yeah. SM Tech Fridays, um, every week, four o'clock PM, we dive into another interesting topic, another, another um, product to help stage managers. This week coming up is going to be really fun. Clearcom is coming, and they're going to talk with us about a new internet-based uh, Clearcom system they have for Com. So literally... You can be on your phone and punching in and out different channels, both to your headset and to people on radio. Uh -huh. It's amazing just to learn about, about this new type of comm. Like, that's really kind of cool. I need to know how that works. Yeah. I'm really interested in that because especially now as we're doing more, more things virtually and space is an issue, I could foresee a time when as a stage manager, we're actually calling the show from the office. Oh, like, wow. like, yeah. I mean, as opposed to being right on deck with everybody walking past you constantly all the time, because you, you're not going to pull a show with an Oscar. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, but it's a cool, it's a cool tool. And I want to, I want to know how to use it. Yeah. That's this I, yeah. I have been to every single one of them. Um, I schedule, yeah, I schedule my, I mean, it's not like I have a lot to schedule, but I schedule <laughs> like FaceTime calls with people to after six o'clock on Fridays. Like, you know, I have, I have, uh, I, I always tell people I, I'm actually still in rehearsals for a show right now. Um, sure. we're going to do a virtual performance of our show. Um, uh, which I can't go into more details cause it's not set yet, but soon. Right. Um, but like, so like that's my one set thing on Wednesdays. And then I watch, I watch USITT at four o'clock pretty much every Monday through Thursday, um, I'm like bound and determined not to just be bored all the time. And I would like, I want to learn. And when I saw, I think it was on Facebook, cause you're, you're great on Facebook, always, you know, giving oh, us, 
job uh, gig ideas and stuff for alumni. Don't be trying to find a public <laughs> one. It's, that one's for alumni, um, which is another great perk of going to the symposium because you just have to go once and you're an alumni for life, yeah. which is which is great. Yeah, it's uh, fun. And we've a, been doing these weekly alumni town halls, which have been so much fun. Yeah. We'll just get to connect. And it's a very informal. We all just hang out. We talk about if you're going through any challenges or what fun, interesting things you're doing. Yeah. And it's just like a social hour where we can just kind of hang out together and you know, yeah. enjoy. Uh, but there, I do have one problem with the SM Tech Fridays. All right. And I'll take is, a note. And that is um, it's going to take all my money. <laughs> Because every single one, I'm like, ooh, I want to use this one. Ooh, I want to use this one. You'll try the free trials. You'll test them out, and you'll find the one that aligns best with with your methodology. Yeah, yeah, which is what I was about to say is that each and every one of them has given a – because we are all at home right now during the quarantine special, which is usually more than what, you know, a trial that you would get from them otherwise um and are all these companies ones that will be at the symposium yes oh, okay yeah. cool yeah each and every one yeah it's been really great um uh, expanding and, and solidifying our relationships together because mm-hmm. usually we just have those couple days but now it's like i'm having rehearsals with them and we're chatting about what we're gonna do and yeah. then we get to spend all that time together i usually don't get to enjoy the expo because i'm yeah. usually running around so being able to actually sit there and go, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. And I've yeah. known about some of these things for a while, but yeah. you never have time to really investigate. Yeah, I've really been um, playing around. One of the things that, are, you know, one of the things that made me sad about you know, shutting down and quarantine is Little Women was going to be the first show that I actually wrote, like tightened my cues into the book. Because it's a small enough script, and it was the first time I was going to do that and try to figure out. And now I realize I don't have to just do it on Word. I can go to any of these other companies that I've been. I have a single pad of paper that is just notes from from these Fridays. I was like, oh, I can just three clicks, and I have my cue in there. Um, so I'm definitely I'm going to take my Little Women script and upload it and play cool. with all these. That'll um, be fun. Yeah, and play with all those. Um, so I, before we get to my last question, I do have another question. And I didn't realize it was a thing because I've only ever called from a booth. Um, the community that I work for, they have a booth. I've actually never called from the deck. Um, and I've heard different stage managers say different things. Which do you like to do better? Do you like to call from I the booth or do you love, like to call from the deck? I love calling from the deck. Uh-huh. Because and why you're, is that? You're really engaged with the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not separated by hundreds of feet in a pane of glass. You know, I, I think there is some logic to I'm, I'm out front. I get to see the show live. I'm not relying on a monitor, but I see the show live. I just go like this and now <laughs> I'm seeing the show yeah. and now I'm looking at my monitors right. um, and being able to be there and be present. Like if there's an issue, someone can just say, Hey Matt, I'm like, and I'm right there. Yeah. You know? And so I feel so much more part of the show and integrated mm-hmm. to it. So, although when I used to call the Radio City Christmas uh, Spectacular, I would get so into it sometimes. I'd be like, dancing and calling, go and go. Yeah. So the PSM had to give me a note. It's like, Matt, pull it back. You're, you're becoming the show. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, the music's really good. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I was having a chat with um, another stage manager, um, Sarah Harris. Yeah. Um, for Come From Away of, about a month ago. We were just chatting and we were on this discussion. We were talking about this. Um, 
And I was thinking uh, one of the reason, you know, I've, I've shadowed a couple of stage managers backstage and I, one of the biggest differences between like community theater and, and Broadway, there's vast, many of them, but one of them that I noticed is that Broadway, the call time is 30 minutes. They most, most of the time, a lot of times they come in 30 minutes before the show starts to get in the costume to go on stage at my community theater, the call time at the closest to the show is an hour. And then, so a lot of, and then we have like a big green room where the dressing rooms are off to the side. And so like, there's more. So I feel like I get my human interaction that way. So you're hanging out backstage in the green room together. And then I go to the, and then I go to the booth to call. Yeah. There are some Broadway shows that have a booth uh, that they call from like Lion King mm-hmm. calls from the booth of the Minskoff, which is, you know, you have to take the elevator, the elevator up to the sixth floor, walk yeah. all the way down the hallway. It's, that I, that I did do last yeah. time I was in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So um, it, it's possible. Most Broadway theaters aren't built for that. Right. They're not yeah. built for a stage manager to actually go to a booth. You would have to literally climb over some audience members. Yeah. Like in, in the Lunt Fontaine to get to the booth, you actually have to go up to like the fifth or sixth floor, go through like this, you know, being John Malkovich door. And then you're literally on little planks above the audience. Yeah. Like you see all, all the, the house lights. You know, like don't fall off that because you're going right through. Yeah. All the way down. And then you can take a couple steps down into the booth. And so if I ever had to visit the light board operator, I'd have to do this weird little path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, I just, I want to call from a deck. I, I'm interested in knowing like the big differences. In that. It's but. really fun. It, t- it takes a little bit of, a little bit of mental gymnastics to settle into it mm-hmm. because to see front of house, you're looking at a monitor. Yeah. But you see everything, being able to see live like this is great. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to go to my last question, which is the right. question I ask everybody. Um, why theater? Why theater? It's people and community. Like we need to be together. You know, it's kind of, it's very much highlighted now, but theater brings people together to have a common shared experience. And I think it's so vital to our humanity to, to share those experiences together you know theater reflects reflects our world back at us it's live it's in the moment and we come with it with this suspension of disbelief because we're willing to take a journey you know it doesn't have to be re it doesn't have to seem real like like cinema or film be recorded and put in the can but whether it's a musical a play dance opera sitting in the dark with people all around you sharing sharing a moment there's like nothing nothing else like that and it's so vital to who we are and it's one of the saddest things about right now is we don't get that at all and so many people are as we are trying to find ways to recreate it uh, on various digital platforms which is wonderful and i think it's fabulous but it doesn't it doesn't quite there's there's still that gap that we need to be together you know, I mean, why do you think people are, are fighting these quarantines so bad? It's not just, just economics, so that's a big factor. I don't want to deny that. People want to be together. I took a walk with my boys yesterday because it was gorgeous here. Um, you know, socially distant walk. We had our masks. Um, but people are, there are little clusters of people all over, and some social distancing, some with masks. I don't, you know, everyone's doing it a little bit different. But everyone needed to be, needs to have some sort of community. And it's so vital. I mean, that's, you know, Go back centuries, you know, 
why, why, why do it with the Greeks and the Romans? And why? Because we have to come together. We have to feel. We have, we have to feel each other. So I think that's why theater is, is just it's vital. That's beautifully put. Um, thanks so much for for coming on this podcast and talking everything stage management and the symposium. I mean, I personally can talk stage management for three or four hours. Um, and I think it's going to be amazing to be in a place with, you know, I don't know how many people are registered right now. Do you know? Registered 150. 150 so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's the highest registration we've had left. We've had yet. It's going to, it's going to keep growing. Cause we have, we're, we're not even to the final weeks and using the final weeks. There's always a big push at the end. Yeah. It's, um, and I don't know if we've said the dates. What are the dates for this year? May 30th and 31st. May 30th the last and weekend 31st. of May. May 30th and 31. And if you're in some different time zone, people in New Zealand or in the United Arab Emirates, it's all recorded. Everybody gets the replay, just like with the Tech Fridays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you don't want to get up at 3 or 4 in the morning in Australia, you can wake up at a regular time and then <laughs> just catch, catch up on the morning session later. Right. And all those times will be Eastern time, Eastern Standard, New York yeah. City, Eastern, Eastern time. Yes. We're very um, snobby about that. Everything is New York City time. We, <laughs> we New Yorkers, nothing else exists. It's just, everything's New York time. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for, for hopping on and talking with me. And um, I look forward to seeing you in about a month um, over uh, for the symposium. And uh, for everybody listening to this podcast, you can always catch it on Spotify um, Apple podcast, uh, podcast for Android, um, and hopefully YouTube. So, um, until next time. Thank you, John. Thank you very much, everyone. Take care.